guys, and welcome to another episode of Convention Confessional. My name is Katie Hunt, and I am here to guide you through the good, the bad, the ugly, the terrifying, the romance, the friendships, the battles, all sorts of different types of stories. I mean, we've had so many so far, and I just want to send a thank you to everybody that's been on the show and those that have recorded and are uh, going to be on the show coming up um we have a lot of episodes backlogged i'm actually kind of proud of myself for keeping something alive this long so i mean yay um <laughs> uh, so many stories still out there uh i can't wait to hear from people um please if you want to be on the show let me know uh, i would like everybody on here to have a voice uh so keep those stories coming because it's keeping this show going flying solo today though i uh, just did a podcast with a very lovely gentleman, Dave. Um, and we talked about some hosting trauma and it made me think, you know, honestly, in my description, I say that I've hosted judged for so many years, but I don't think I've actually shared a lot of stories about personal hosting. I mean, with people, yes, but not like my own by myself experiences, which I had several of. Uh, So today we're going to touch base on the story that I told last week in some more in-depth detail, uh, my first time hosting, Um, go into some individual stories of hosting by myself, and then talk about some of the different conventions that I've been at, Um, because it's all about the experiences, right? (laughs) Right. So um, if you watched last week's show, watched, I say watched like you could see us, (laughs) where were you? you listened to last week's show, um, you would have heard me tell a story about having a shoe thrown at me. Um, and it's actually come as a running joke with myself of like, what do George Bush Jr. and I have in common? We both had a shoe thrown at us. Um, and to preface this story, unfortunately, I have to go back to a time uh, before conventions for me. This would be about, let's see, I worked a summer camp in 2001. Um, I was 15 years old, going on 16 years old. I was old. And <laughs> I say that and I'm old now. Anyways, um, you know, the summer camp, they had different activities throughout the day. It was a day camp. It wasn't a stayover camp. It literally was down the street for me. I had to walk there. And one of the events that we decided to put on for the kids that summer was a um, talent show. And the kids would go and they would do their skits and things, obviously, like they had little musical numbers they had done that we worked on them with. But at some point they've been like, Hey, who's going to host this thing? And I mean, all the directors were like, Oh, Katie should do it. She loves theater and she's out there or whatever. And I was excited. Cause I was like, Oh my God, they think that I'm cool enough. You know, like all these adults that are like in their twenties and stuff. I'm only 16. And they're like, yeah, Katie's going to host it. It did not go well. Um, the kids thought I was hilarious and the adults did not. And I remember halfway through the show, I was backstage and, um, one of the directors comes up, he goes, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to take over from here because you're just, your jokes make no sense. So bye. Like basically he told me I sucked. I was like, oh, cool. Okay, great. And go set in the audience. And I mean, it dwelled on me for a while. Cause I was like, what did I say? What did I do? Like, what was wrong? Like people were laughing. I don't understand. Like the show wasn't for them. The show was for the kids. And that's always been my mindset when I'm hosting. It's like, this is the audience that I am projecting to. 
these are the people that I need to entertain. If you're not entertained, clearly you are not the demographic or the audience that this is for. Um, and I think I do a pretty decent job of including everybody when I do stuff. But again, this was like me at 16 being like, what did I do wrong? All the cool people think that I'm uncool now. You know, that high school nutshell. <laughs> so we're going to flash forward another, let's see, that was probably like five years later. Yeah, so five years later. Um, and I go to uh, the convention in New Hampshire, AAC, that I worked at for many, many moons. Um, and my friends had just been like, hey, do you want to come on and judge for this masquer- uh, this masquerade that we're doing at this new convention in New Hampshire that just started up? I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, new convention. Great. I'll definitely show up for that. So, you know, we got our costumes packed up. We get there. Um, and about, I don't know, halfway through the first day, uh, I was sitting at one of the tables to sell merch, just watching it for somebody to go on a bathroom break that they don't think they ever came back from. Um, and one of the heads of the convention ended up walking by me and going, do you work here? I said, no, I just helping out. I work with the the main event staff, uh, you know, just sitting here, letting someone go to the bathroom, I guess. And they walked off and they came back and they had a staff badge, threw it at me and go, okay, well you're staff now. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so that's how I became staff at um, AAC. Uh, okay, so fine. Like, I was now staff, and I got back to my friends eventually. And I'm like, guys, look, I got a badge. Like, great. Uh, they introduced me to the girl who is uh, hosting with me. Uh, she was also the head of the masquerade at that time. And, um, you know, I thought we got along pretty well. And they were like, hey, we said you wanted to judge, but she really wants you to co-host with her. And that's when the panic set in. Cause like, you know, like you hear the kill bill sirens in your head going, Oh my God. I remember five years ago when I was on stage with these kids and they thought I was funny, but all the adults didn't think I was funny. And this is a much older crowd than like a bunch of six to 12 year olds. I was freaking out inside but on the outside i was like yeah sure why not we'll we'll give it a go oh boy so we get to the main events that night and i find out that because the convention was so small um they had the guests of honor who had nothing else to do at the time because you know again first year con maybe a couple hundred people going to it they were like hey we're gonna have them judge the masquerade i'm like oh good even bigger adults more important adults in front of me judging not only the skits but me because now the pressure's on to put on a big show one of those judges being um the lovely greg finley whom i uh, had on the show uh several episodes back i highly recommend you listen to that episode he is a delight um so the show starts and we're backstage i do a big show circle with like the people that are in it and i'm like you guys are gonna be great whatever happens happens like good luck you know break legs all that jazz um you got this. And in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, is this for them or is this for me? Because I do not have this. Like, very, 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 very much do not have this. So the show starts and she starts off on stage and I come out and I was just as Tomiki from Oron High School Host Club, which, thank God, is a character everybody loved at that time because the show had just come out, uh, just become popular. And in my mind, I'm just like, you know what? You're the character. Just be the character. Be whiny. Be sad. Be, like, emo. Let the crowd feel bad for you. And then they will love you. And it worked. It worked. 
was like literally like I I ate it up. Like I was like, how oh, Chad's not here? And she said she was coming to see the show. And this girl just I mean, I don't know what it was like halfway through the show. If like she was just upset because I was getting all the attention or I was just so on or people thought that I was funny, but she would say something and it wasn't that funny. Um, not to be rude, no shade, just straight facts. Like, but next thing I know, she thinks it's funny to take her shoe off and whip it at me, which of course, you know, got a reaction out of the crowd and she storms off stage. I collect her shoe and I go backstage, give it back to her. And from that point on, I was by myself. She didn't come back on stage with me. And I don't know if she was just like fed up because she realized that I had stolen the attention of people, which was not my intention because when you're a co-host, you got to work off each other, but it was very hard to work off of her. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. It was hard to work off of her. Um, And I kind of had to save the show a little bit. And in my mind, again, there's always that doubt there where you're like, I mean, people were laughing, but they could have just been laughing because this was a train wreck. The show ends um, and I still had like that doubt in my mind, but it had been a long day and I go upstairs to the green room. Um, and again, I've told the story before, but I feel like it's worth mentioning again because it really did um, make an impact on me. I walk up to the green room and the head of the convention's there and she's with Greg Finley, who um, has done so much in the voiceover world, Um, not just for anime, like we're talking commercial, movie, big movies. Um, And he told me I was the funniest person he'd seen in a long time, that I did an amazing job and that I should never doubt myself. And from that point on, I have taken that with me everywhere. Like, I I mean, someone tells me I can't do something. It's like, no, I know I can. I know I got this. Like, you just need to trust me. I know I've got the skill to do this. Because, like, if he thinks that I can do it, I mean, again, the guy's seen everybody in Hollywood. (laughs) It's like, that's the best, like, opinion, like, advice I could have ever been given in my life. And I hope that someday, like anybody that's like an actor, a voice person, um, a dancer, anything gets that same motivational speech from somebody like that big in the industry. Because let me tell you, it is a morale booster. <laughs> like, woo! Uh, so I was like, then the show must have been great. And then all of a sudden, you know, you know, the next day you wake up and people see you. They're like, oh my God, I saw you last night. The compliments were rolling in. It was like, oh my gosh, I can do this. Like, this is amazing. This is the best feeling in the world. I love this. This is what I want to do at conventions. I want to make people happy. I want them to enjoy going to the shows, um, to the game shows, like anything that I can help out with now at this point. It's like, this is what I meant to do. Uh, and here we are, let's see, how many years later? A lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's been a lot of years. Um, so yeah, like that's where the origin of it came from of me hosting. I still did judging on the side and stuff. Um, and for the next few years at AC, um, I would have my friends come on to help me out with hosting Masquerade. Um, it wasn't until probably like, I'd say five years later that I got um, an actual co-host that was with me for quite the long haul there. Um, His name's Ken. 
love Ken. Uh, he and I just clicked. Like we just, we worked off each other so well. Kind of like Ryan and I started working off each other amazingly well. It's like, you just know when you have a co-host, like you click, you click, you don't click. It shows you get a shoe thrown at you, obviously. <laughs> um, but in those years where it was just me, like the next year I hosted and I was um, Mace Hughes from Fullmetal Alchemist. We were at a different venue. Um, and that was a wild year because, I mean, again, FMA just becoming really big. Um, nobody really dressed up as Hughes yet. So I played that part so hard. One of my favorite costumes still to this day. I love being Hughes. He's crazy. He's just got such a positive personality. Great for hosting events. Um, but I won't forget, like, we're in the middle of hosting. And all of a sudden, there is people on the stage that are not acting. Like, they're not setting up for anything. They literally rush the stage. And there's this picture of me that was my profile picture for the longest time of me as Hughes, horrified. Because I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> Why is this happening? <laughs> Um, and from that point on, I had security <laughs> at the convention. Um, I had a security guard, um, Dave, amazing guy, unfortunately no longer with us. Um, but he was my personal bodyguard for all the years that I worked at um, AAC, uh, except for maybe the last year after he had passed away, unfortunately. Um, miss him very much, but he made sure no one touched me. <laughs> Like it was his mission in life. He's just like, anyone's on that stage, I'll make sure they're dead. I'm like, thank you. I appreciate it. And again, I love people. I love talking to people. Um, I have no problem like people approaching me, coming up on stage with me when it is unwarranted. Not the best idea. Very unsafe. <laughs> very, very scary because you don't know what those people are going to do. Um. So do not recommend when that happens. Um, but, you know, again, approachable, very approachable at conventions. When we are not on stage, please feel as though you can come talk to me and say hi or whatever, because I'm cool with that. <laughs> but being rushed out of nowhere, whoo, scary. Um, the next year, Ryan joined me. Um, we did Trigun. I was Vash. Um, and he came on every once in a while as um, my wolf game. Loved it. Wore a church on my head. Wore a leather arm that I had made for myself um, that cut the circulation off in my arm. And I wore it for like 12 hours. And I didn't realize it because it didn't hurt. Like it wasn't painful. It wasn't like, oh, I need to get this off of my arm. Uh, it was just when I had gone to dinner after the events that night. And I took it off. And I was sitting there eating dinner and I'm like, you know, you kind of like pay attention. You're looking, you're like, hmm, this hand is very swollen, but this one's not. Guys. <laughs> and I just remember like all the medics for the convention came flying in. I'm sitting there eating my Kraft mac and cheese. Like they're looking at me. They're like, do you feel okay? Like, you know, are you, do you feel like faint? Do you feel this? I'm like, man, no, no, I'm good. No, just really swollen. Probably shouldn't have worn that for as long as I did. Um, and by the next morning, the swelling had completely gone down. It was fine. Um, I ended up not wearing, oh no, I did wear Vash the next day. I just didn't wear whatever glove was underneath the leather arm, I think, because that was the problem cutting off the circulation, not so much the leather. So <laughs> you live in your learning costumes, right? It's all fun and games. Um, but Vash, I 
also hosted um, the first Extreme Iron Editor in. Uh, I did a lot of events in Vash. He was, I moved around that costume a lot that day, but that was one of my favorites too. That was a lot of work for that costume. Um, and like I said, in the years that followed, uh, Ken came along and Ken did a lot of game show hosting at the time. Um, he had his own events that he ran. Uh, he was also on guest relations for a long period of time, taking care of guests. Uh, but he and I did some great shows together. Um, we did Yu Haka show together. He was my Kuwabara. It was Yusuke. <laughs> uh, we did Gohan and Videl. I was Videl. He was Gohan. He just never would have pulled off Videl. I mean, we tried, but <laughs> he was a better Gohan, I guess. Um, Lupin the Third, and that one was great. I think Joe and I mentioned that in our podcast, Dad Jokes, a couple back. Um, Lupin was so funny. Um, and we hosted again, we hosted Iron Editor in that, and we hosted Masquerade in that together, getting chased around and stuff. Oh, goodness. Um, America from Hatalia one year. Uh, that one I did with friends coming up. Uh, Ken didn't help me that year. I think that's probably one of the last years before Ken joined me full time. Uh, but that was the year of the underwear getting thrown on stage that I kept because I was like, that's disgusting. Did not personally keep, but also did not throw back into the audience. Uh, I kept it in a box backstage. And then of course the kid finds me the next day and they're like, um, did you get my underwear? And I was like, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, you threw it at me. That's your fucking fault. And he's like, and that was like my last clean pair. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. It was clean. <sighs> again, Things you worry about. It's a convention. You guys can say that you shower all you want, but I know a lot of you don't. I know a lot of you sleep in that one costume you wore. God love you, but mm -mm. <laughs> can't trust underwear being chucked at you. Sorry. Oh, man. So, you know, the years went on. Hosted at AAC for quite a number of years. Um, and then Ryan uh, began working for Kineticon down in Connecticut. And one of the bigger years that he worked, he uh, asked me to come and join him. And it was funny because I'd done AAC for so long and that was the only one that I hosted at. I had long since started judging Masquerade at Anime Boston. I was like, oh, I don't know, another like hosting gig does that make me like a traitor if i am working at two conventions uh it's not it's not a big deal um some people kind of tried to make it a big deal at one point uh, which i don't know if i'll get into or not probably will because who doesn't love a little drama but um it felt like it was a big deal to some people but i went down there and i hosted uh, their dating game and i did masquerade with the same group of people and we did a great job torchwood um, Batman, the first year I was there, uh, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, uh, gosh, we did so many shows together in Connecticut, but the difference was that I found is that, um, the one in New Hampshire, a lot of that was just kind of, here's a sheet, here's the names, just go improv it. Good luck. Bye. Like when I had a co-host, we would go backstage and kind of talk about like, Oh, what joke are we going to make next? Ha ha ha. You know? Um, but a lot of it was just really off the cuff. And at Kineticon, because it was such a bigger event, um, and we had multiple events to do, we did script quite a bit of our stuff. And I don't see a problem with that, personally. People 
I mean, had their opinions on forms and stuff like, oh, they're taking away from the cosplayers. And I don't feel like it did. I feel like all of those skits and acts held their own, no problem. Like, people still talk about skits and acts and things that happened at those bigger conventions. We're just in between those shows trying to, sure, you know, make sure we're not going over time. And we have to keep things kind of uniformed to make sure that we stay on time, make sure people have time to do things. Judges have time to judge things um, because there's so many events packed into that space. But also it's like an entertainment value thing. Like we go with a theme. We want to make sure that we don't say an inappropriate joke because we're not thinking like, this is what the script says. This is what we're going to do. Everything is here for us. We know we're not going to flub up somewhere. And I really appreciated that. But like I said, certain people from certain conventions that um, didn't like that things were scripted at Kineticon, they were just like, oh, I just feel like it's taking away from everything. And the show is so long. I'm like the show is so long because there's so many more skits because people signed up for it. Plus, then you show your AMV winners and you have all your walk-ons. Like, they did other award announcements at this bigger event because they had a bigger audience to present it to. So, yeah, there was that drama. And, like, people made their comments about it. And I remember one of the last years that I worked at Kineticon, um, there was some drama uh, regarding uh, certain groups of people that will remain nameless. Um just kind of bashing on what we did at Kineticon. And, you know, it's it's water under the bridge now. All's forgiven. But I would like to think that, like, anybody that works on a project and makes sure a project goes off and has a really long weekend of working hard and making sure everybody's happy um, would take offense to somebody attacking what you've done. It hurts, you know? Like, it hurts to think that people, I mean, everyone's going to have their opinions. Opinions are one thing, but literally attacking someone or a group of someone's for what they've done to entertain a crowd, that just doesn't sit right with me. Like, unless it's something, like, blatantly, offensively bad, like, you know making fun of a certain group of people or something like, yeah, then you're going to call something out. But yeah, some feelings were hurt, um, which actually had me stepping away from um, hosting for a little bit just because it's, you know, like, again, you put a lot of work into something. You have a group of people that you think are your friends. You find out that they're like talking shit and it's sad. Um, But later on again, after a lot of talking, working through things, all worked out. Um, some misunderstandings were had. Some were not misunderstandings. <laughs> um, anyway, you move on. You just, like, it's all about the next show. Like, you, you get over it pretty quick. Uh, and then I ended up working for Kineticon until 2014. And then uh, falling out with Kineticon. Which might come up in a podcast someday. A very a very diet Coke version of it probably someday. Um, but it wasn't until a few years ago, um, I had been judging at anime Boston for so long that I was asked to host with 
Rhodey at Anime Boston for the Masquerade, which, you know, going to Anime Boston since 2004, like almost since the very beginning, like I missed the first year of AB, like Anime Boston is the home convention for me. Like that is the first time I ever wore a costume out. That's the first convention I ever saw a masquerade at. Like it was my first convention. And for them to ask me and accept me as a co-host for their masquerade was probably the coolest thing that's happened to me so far in my life. Not going to lie. Like it's awesome. Hosting in general is awesome. But hosting at Anime Boston is awesome. (laughs) I love it so much. Um, But again, those fears come back from way long ago, 2006. Like here we are in 2018, 12 years later, all I've done is host masquerades for many, many moons in New Hampshire and Connecticut. And now I'm about to go on stage at Anime Boston. It's like, these people don't know me. (laughs) They might know me from judging. They might know me from a skit or two that I've done here. But like from a hole in the ground as a host, I don't know if any of these people realize I'm that same person. Just because I don't have any costumes I wear and things like, you know, my close friends and people that are like that followed me through the years know who I am. But I mean, this is like 3000 people (laughs) and it was scary. And I'm waiting for my cue backstage and Brody looks and he's just giving me the cue and I hop on stage and nobody liked new mom. Nobody. (laughs) It was like. (laughs) Pin drop. I'm standing there. I actually go back and I watch the YouTube videos sometimes. I'm like, oh no. Oh, it's so scary. Like, like you didn't think a room could be so quiet <laughs> when I came out. I was like, oh man. And then I made a joke that people didn't take very well. I It's not an inappropriate joke. I can tell you what the joke was. So there was a gentleman named Mario who hosted with Rhodey. And he wore the Mario hat and, you know, it's Mario and Rhodey and Mario stepped down from hosting at Anime Boston. And when I was asked to come in, uh, Rhodey gave me the name Ouija because I didn't want to be Luigi and I didn't want to be Wario. Uh, so I ended up just being Ouija, uh, who I am now. I'm Ouija at Anime Boston. And uh, I just came on stage and I was like, Mario sent me, but I meant it in the video game aspect because it was like, enter player three because I wasn't player two, because Mario had been player two. Um, yeah, that didn't go over very well at all. <laughs> Which, I mean, I there was no offense meant. I'm going on the record. No offense meant. It was just supposed to be a funny joke. Nobody thinks jokes are funny, apparently. So, in the midst of this hosting gig, you know, you go a couple skits, you're Rhodey and I working backstage going, hey, let's say this. This sounds funny. People love it, you know, that he's saying it. I don't know how they feel about me at that point. And there was a moment where I looked at him. We're backstage and a skit's going on. And I was like, I have to play the sympathy card here. And he goes, yeah. He's like, yeah, I think you do. Just a little bit. And I'm like, yep. So then um, basically I went out and uh, there was a Mario skit coming up with the actual character Mario. And... (laughs) He's just like, so next up we have Mario and I walk out stage and I was like, am I fired? (laughs) I thought I was doing a good job. I'm sorry that I made a joke and I'm sorry if I suck. And I'm like, I just like 
lay in and you just hear the crowd go oh and i had them in my grasps <laughs> like at that moment they're i don't know if they like thought to themselves like oh maybe we've been too hard oh you know what they're cute oh we feel bad now like i made them all feel bad for not giving me the love i felt like i might have deserved <laughs> but by the end of the masquerade Everybody was in. Everybody accepted me. Even even Rody said he's like it took a long time for like other co-hosts that I've worked with to be accepted. Like you just got accepted. He's like, so I think you're good. And unfortunately, the following year, Rody was out due to some medical things. Miss him so much because now I haven't seen him in like three years. Ugh, stupid COVID, <laughs> stupid disease. Um, so I miss my buddy. But that next year, because he was out, there was decisions going around like, oh, do we bring somebody into host with you? And I'm like, well, no, Rody's coming back. And I mean, the only reason I came on to co-host with Rody is because you needed a replacement. And like, I don't want people to think you've replaced him. Like he's been hosting this masquerade for so long. Like we're not replacing Rody. Uh, so we came up with an idea. We talked to him um, and we recorded ahead of time um, some phone calls that I would interact with on stage where Rody got stuck in feudal Japan because you know, that's what you do. <laughs> but there was also that moment of fear again, where it's like, now I'm doing this by myself. I've got some people from AB walking out to help every once in a while. Um, but it's like, God, did they really accept me last year? Or was that just a fluke because they just wanted to be nice? And, you know, now Rody's not here and no one's really explained what's happened to him, uh, which came up the end of that masquerade. We just we waited the whole show before we kind of let Rody. Um, there was a voice recording that explained everything going on with him. But I mean, I'm backstage going, oh, I got to walk on stage and I'm going to be by myself and they're not going to like that dad's not here and it's just new mom. And I was like, oh, God. And the second I walked on stage. And people realized that Rody wasn't coming and I was by myself and I laid into that sympathy again just to make sure that everything was good. It was such a good time. <laughs> it worked out so well. Like I realized like people did ex like accept that this was a thing that was happening. Everybody was so cool that it. it was an amazing show. So much fun. Um, and I really couldn't have done it without Rody's like Collins and him still somehow being there to support me. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a wild show. Cause we got, we got it done as a family, like a huge family and such a great time. And, uh, and I don't have to worry about hosting there anymore. Like I'm pretty sure I've got it figured out. Um, and hopefully next year when life is amazing again and everybody's meeting up in Boston and hugging each other because we can again, um we're gonna put on a great show for you guys like i'm really looking forward to it i know roadie's gonna kill it i know i'm definitely gonna bring it because i have been sitting at home entertaining myself with a microphone talking to you guys uh i'd like to bring this show on the road again if i can <laughs> but yeah i mean hosting over the years has been quite a fulfilling thing it definitely fills the gap missed by like acting in high school and acting in general and just it's fun. I love entertaining people. It's kind of why I started a podcast <laughs> to entertain people and myself in these dark, lonely times. 
but no longer because people are getting vaccinated and we're all going to see each other soon. So on that note, let's promote something. You know what I'm going to promote today? This damn podcast. You should all be listening to it. You should all be telling your friends about it. You should all try to be coming on to this show and sharing your stories. I would love it. I would love to hear anyone's stories. Anybody, you message me. You can get a hold of me on our Twitter at convention cough one. That's convention C O N F one. Or you can get a hold of us on our Facebook page, which is convention confessionals. Or you can email me at jugglesgeese at yahoo.com. You know, juggles geese, because some people juggle geese. That's a firefly reference for all you people that don't know what firefly is. It got canceled. Okay, I gotta go. But thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure you share it. Make sure you like it. You can find us on all your favorite streaming platforms. And we'll be back next week with a brand new guest. Have a good night, guys.